0: advance your career, uh, and what have you. But we're to, to be that way. And he also gives two severe warnings, and that is putting a stumbling block uh, before others to cause them to sin. And then secondly, he also warns uh, uh, against allowing things to stay in your own life that cause you to sin. And he talks about if your hand offends you, cut it off. It's better to enter heaven with one hand than into hell with both hands. And uh, not literally cut it off, but the, the hands are a very important part of your body. And that, that's how important your soul is, is that whatever is in your life that needs to be taken out, uh, take care of it. It can be good things. It can be a boat, but if a boat is keeping you from coming to church on Sunday... Uh, and you're doing that every Sunday. Get rid of it. it you know, and so uh, he's, very, he's, he's very practical here. And uh, this is the setting, I think, for these two verses. Uh, what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and, and lose his own soul? Uh, what is his soul worth? Uh, uh, God warns us why Why does he warn us? Because he loves us. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't warn us. And so warnings are for our good. So These verses here are are for our good. And uh, he's very blunt when he said that all non-Christians, all unbelievers, will spend their time in hell. Uh, Very plain. We talked about hell is a real place. And it's a place you do not want to go to. And uh, but does that mean then that Christians have an easy time of it here on this earth we're going to a wonderful place but does that mean when you become a Christian that everything in this life is, is, is uh, smooth sailing and of course we know that's not true uh, I've tried to mess my life up and have many a time and, uh, but we see that God will purify all Christians or will work at purifying all Christians in this life. Uh, if you're a true believer, uh, God will salt you with fire. S- will salt you with fire. It's interesting, Jesus moves from the fire of hell to the fire of purification. Uh, he turns from the unbeliever and the fire of hell now to the believer in the fire of purification, how do you react, and this is personal to everybody and to me as well, how do you react to the fiery trials that come in your life? Do you act like a believer, or do you act like an unbeliever? Something to ask yourself. Now, I've had to repent of acting like an unbeliever at times. Because I said, you know, God, that that is not what you would want me to do in this case. And so you repent uh, uh, for not accepting what God has brought in your life. The salted here probably refers to Old Testament sacrifices. Uh, That Old Testament sacrifices, and you may or may not know this, were to be seasoned with salt. Salt. Leviticus two thirteen every grain offering of yours, moreover, you shall season with salt, so that the salt of the covenant of your God shall not be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings you shall offer salt. Also, in uh, Ezekiel uh, talks about when a ram and a uh, uh, were sacrificed, it says, You shall present them before the Lord. And the priest shall throw salt on them, and they shall offer them up as a burnt offering to the Lord. Now, here's the thing. Those offerings, those sacrifices died. Right? They were, they were salted, but then they died. We're salted with fire, but we live. Yet not us, but Christ lives in us. He is the one who gives us the power uh, to live the salted life. So again, I ask, trials and tribulations in your life, do you accept them from God? Uh, Or what attitude do you have? Because God is going to salt all real Christians with fire. How does this parallel? Christians are to be living sacrifices. Interesting, isn't it? Old Testament sacrifices died. We are living sacrifices. We read that, did we not, this morning from from Romans chapter 12 uh, that Josh read. Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. We don't die. Now, we will eventually, but these fiery trials, we still live. And yet they are just as much from God and uh, Interesting, too, we leave the physical. We're not salted with real salt, are we? I mean, I don't know. I don't think anybody threw salt on me. I can't remember that happening, and I don't think salt was thrown on you. But God salts us with fire, with fire. Fire is not only destructive, Fire is beneficial. Think of that. Now, when the Old Testament sacrifices were sacrificed, it destroyed the sacrifices. But fire can also be beneficial. Fire, for one thing, removes impurities from metals. First Peter uh, uh, speaks on this: uh, that uh, fires. That, that Christians go through can be beneficial. In this you greatly rejoice. You have trouble doing that, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith, is your faith really genuine? Then how do you receive trials? How do you receive fiery trials? Being more precious than gold, which is perishable even though tested, noticed by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. How you react to trials in your life will show who you are. It's a fact. Now, do we do this perfectly? No. There are times when we have to repent, when we don't like it, but God is working all of this for our good. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. That includes fiery trials. It has to. Or, or if not, God's not in control and Satan is having his way and we're in trouble. Now, God is in the midst of, 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 of everything. Also, 1 Peter four twelve and 13 Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your what? Testing. testing. That is, are you really genuine or not? Are you really genuine? Because this is going to show your testing. And brothers and sisters, things in this country could get a lot worse. Oh, that would never happen in this country. Don't bet on it. How will we react? To that testing. As though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ. Keep on rejoicing. Boy we're to rejoice in tribulation. That's what the Bible says. So that also at the revelation of his glory. You may rejoice with exaltation. Believe me. To go through fiery trials hurts. And we all know that. It's painful. Uh, We have uh, persecution from the outside. We've all been exposed to the outside fiery trials. Uh, How many times have other Christians disappointed you? Too many to count. They've devastated you. They've disappointed you. How did you react to that? Just something to ask yourself. How how about broken friendships? And by the way, a lot of these things you can't control. They just come upon you, do they not? Uh, That's what we find. How about the loss of a loved one to death? How about real fire that burns your entire house down? My brother went through that, lost everything. I walked up there as he was standing over the ashes, and he said, nothing's changed. I think I've said that before, and that's amazing. That takes grace to say nothing's changed. How about the floods that these these people are going through in Louisiana? It's interesting how they have, when they interview these different people, you can almost tell which ones are the Christians that they you know, that they talk to. Uh, Broken marriages. And the list is endless, is it not? Poverty. Also, their inside struggles, are there not? These fiery trials, these battles that we uh, go through, and people cannot see what's going on inside of us. These are inside trials. These are inside hurts that we struggle against. Uh, Why does God have these trials come? Have you ever asked why does God allow these fiery trials in my life? Well, for one thing, it makes us deal with sin. Because many times uh, it points out sin in our life that we need to repent of. Also, that we would be more dependent upon God. That we would be humbled and see without Him we're nothing. That we're totally dependent on God. And, And my dad used to say concerning faith, he said, the greatest definition is total dependence on God. And I always liked that. Uh, also, we'll pray more. People say, well, I don't have to pray. I depend on God. No. No, if you're praying, you're depending on God. If you're not praying, you're depending on yourself. So don't get that confused. The more you're praying, the more dependent you are on God. It's funny how Satan can twist things around in our minds and, and get us to think all sorts of falsehoods we grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, we become more balanced in our Christian walk. Now, I've never had braces uh, on my teeth. I've had braces on my arms and and my leg from dislocating my knee and so forth, but I've never had braces on my teeth. But people that have, Janine has, they're very painful right after you've been to the doctor and he tightens them up. Now, can you imagine going to the orthodontist and he says, let's do this in one city. <coughs> and, you know, your, your gums would bleed and you couldn't take it. But that's what God is doing in our lives. He does it a little bit at a time to do what? Straighten us out. So he's doing this to straighten. If we're not be, being straightened out, we better examine ourselves or really... Are we really in the faith or not? Now, this is strong language. And, uh, but no, he works on us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I am so thankful for that, that he never leaves us. He is constantly dealing with us in what we go through. God never tightens the braces more than they need to be tightened. You will never be tempted above what you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape, and uh, uh, and it's always for our good. And couldn't we say that then with braces? Uh, uh, What is it going to do? Well, for one thing, it's going to improve your smile. A lot of Christians could improve in that area. How much do you smile? Ask yourself that: uh, Do we be, do we believe God is in all of these trials? We can learn patience and perseverance, staying power, humility, so that we might become more like Christ. Uh, you can also put metals through the fire, but you know what? It only purifies them, doesn't it? I make. Lead bullets. And when you're melting that, the top becomes full of all sorts of stuff. And then you take and you scrape it off and then you can see your face in it. You can see all the flaws before but then when it's scraped off, it reflects beautifully what's there. The people see Christ in us. Do we reflect Christ in our life? Someone said the same sun that melts ice hardens clay. Are we being melted like ice or do trials make us harder and harder and harder until we just give up and quit the christian life and a lot of people have done that it's just too hard in verse 50 we find i think verse 50 of this chapter 9 he says god wants christians to be uh, salt that is salty salt is good three things that salt does it's good Uh, it brings out the flavor in food Have you ever had a steak? Occasionally. Have you had a steak without any seasoning on it at all? Yeah. It's kind of what? Blah. In it? I mean, you just go, kind of tasteless. But boy, you put some salt on that. Whoa. Now, I don't like pepper, but salt, I can, I love salt, but it will bring out the flavor. And so these trials, you see, bring out the flavor in the life of a real Christian. It doesn't bring out good flavor in the life of the lost. It just makes them more bitter and angry at God because He did not give them what they wanted. I I find that in the life of Christians so often. Also, uh, where was the first... Uh, Reference to written literature uh, about salt. You may find this interesting. Job says, can something tasteless be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? Isn't that interesting? Uh, Salt makes things taste good. Uh, It gives it flavor. Also, salt promotes thirst. Uh, You've had probably big seafood... Feast where you eat way too many shrimp and way too many oysters and, and what happens at the end of that? You're very thirsty because of all the salt you've taken in. Now, let me ask you, do we make people thirsty to have what we have? Are we being salt to them? Boy, this guy is really changed. This guy has something that I want. Ask yourself that. Are you ministering to somebody right now? And do they see that in you? Also, it prevents decay and corruption. They rub salt on meat and ham to preserve it, do they not? If not, it's going to rot. Are we an influence in this world against corruption? Ask yourself, am I an influence against decay and corruption? Because we see that salt can lose its saltiness. It it loses its usefulness. And it cannot become salty again. How, do you, uh, how can real Christians lose their saltiness? Well, I think our saltiness as a Christian will be real salty or at times it may not be so salty. But a Christian cannot totally lose his saltiness. He is going to be some kind of an influence why? Because he has God's Holy Spirit. I think what Jesus is talking about here are those people who have a profession of salvation uh, and uh, but they fall away. They come to the point in their life where uh, they do not want to have any uh, relationship with Christ. They... Were never salty to begin with. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. I didn't, I didn't put this uh, on the screen, but in Matthew 7, in verses 21 and 23, I've read this before. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. They never were salty. They never were an influence for good. They thought they were, they were doing things, they were coming to church, they were uh, whatever. But Jesus said, you who practice lawlessness, there wasn't any salt in your life. There was no Holy Spirit in your life. Second Peter 2, 20 and 22. For if after they have escaped the defilements of this world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would be better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed down to them. It has happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit. And a sow, after washing, returns to the wallowing in the mire. So what is he saying here? You can take a pig and you can bring that pig into your house and you can wash it, you can comb it, you can put a bow on it, make it look spiffy but what happens when you let that pig go outside it's going to find the first mud puddle that it can that it can find and he's going to wallow back why because he does not have a changed heart he is not he he is a pig he is a pig there's no salt in his life And there are people who claim to be Christians, but there's no salt in their life. And they better examine themselves, because this is the command for Christians to be salty. To have salt in yourselves, Jesus said. And be at peace with one another. To have within yourself, and I think this is what it means, the qualities that promote truth and kindness and peace and joy in the church and in the world. To have the Holy Spirit uh, in your life will purify you. As you yield to the Spirit who works within you, it will purify you just as the heat does. And you accept those things as from God and learn from them and grow. To cut off sin in your life so that you can be salty salt. I think the hope of this country is one thing: is that Christians would take Christianity seriously. Did you hear what I said? Us to take Christianity seriously. What's the verse? Second Corinthians, uh, Second Chronicles, seven, fourteen. If my people, which are called by name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will heal their land. What's wrong with this country? Christians, us, we don't want to admit it, but the problem is with us. We're not being salt in this world. We're not, we're not irritating people by rubbing salt in their open wound. And irritating them and saying, you know what? Wow, I need to repent. There's nothing in us that they want. Because we act just like them so much of the time. These are very strong words Jesus is saying. uh, And he says them to us. Let's look at a few verses. Matthew five eleven through 13. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice, and we see that again. Be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets which were before you. You, what, are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless... How could it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. There are many professing believers who aren't real believers and are not real salt. And their doom is sure. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 and 2. Now brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given to the churches of Macedonia that in a great ordeal of affliction Notice, again, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. In the midst of all that they're going through, they're rejoicing. Yeah. Do we rejoice when things come against us, or do we bellyache and murmur and complain and, oh, it's me. And I. So much of the time, that's how we act. That is not Biblical. We see it very clearly in Scripture. Jesus said, they're going to persecute you. They persecuted me. You may even have to give your life. But are we going to be like the Christians in Rome who were singing when the lions were let out on them? That takes grace, brother. That takes grace. But you know, those probably watching were awed that that took place. Probably a lot of them came to know Christ because of how these Christians uh, acted. Jesus is saying here, the world cannot survive without salt. Everything will rot and decay without it. Or we being salt? By the way, you can't leave salt on the shelf and have it effective. So often Christians set themselves on the shelf and there they stay. It must be rubbed on the meat to preserve it. Almost finished here. Christians must come in contact with the world. You know, I thank God for teachers who are Christians who teach in the public school because they can be real salt in that uh, situation. Also, another thing, the salt doesn't become like the meat. Let me ask you this. Are you a, and I've said this before, are you a thermostat Christian or a thermometer Christian? What in the world is he talking about? Well, A thermometer Christian goes into a a room and just becomes like the temperature of the room. A thermostat Christian goes into the room and sets the temperature of the room. Are you different in different groups that you're in? Are you a thermostat Christian? When you hear filthy language, do you correct the people or do you sit there and take it and maybe even grin about it, filthy jokes? Or do you say, look, sorry, I'm a believer, I can't sit under this, you'll have to forgive me, we have to go. Things like that. Are we really actively acting like salt in this world? We're not going to be liked, I can tell you that, being salt in this world. You know, I think you can... Just going out and voting is being salt. And he says, Be at peace. Have salt in yourselves. Be real. How do you do this? Focusing on Christ, believing the gospel, being cleansed from our bitterness, anger. What ways are you being salty this morning? One of the ways I think we can be very salty as Christians is to pray. We talked about that this morning. You may, well, I can't do that. I can't. Yeah, but you can pray. No. How much time during the day are you being a salty Christian who prays? No. For others, uh, for this country. Let us ask ourselves, because I'm guilty too, brothers and sisters. I'm not pointing fingers here. We need to be salt. If this country of ours has a chance, it's going to come from Christians. Let's pray. Father, I I just thank you this morning for your word. Lord, how convicting it is. Uh, Lord, so often we act like the world. uh, And Lord, I confess that sin to you. Uh, But, Lord, we need to be salt, salty salt. Uh, uh, So, God, give us grace to do that, that others uh, might desire what we have, uh, that we would uh, be an influence in this world for Christ. Lord, we need you. Come, Lord, minister to each heart this morning. Help us to confess an area where we have not been salty. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen.